When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Beaver Sports Podcast, brought to you by Hum Kombucha. It's feel-good, taste-good kombucha, packed with probiotics and boosted with B12 vitamins. Brewed in Bend, Oregon for Beaver Nation. Here are your hosts, Mike Parker and John Warren. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. As always, brought to you by Hum Kombucha, handcrafted with love in Bend for Beaver Nation. And all nations, for that matter. Fizzy, delicious, made with antioxidants, probiotics, and all organic ingredients. Hum Kombucha. Mike Parker, John Warren, and happy to be joined by Jake Mulholland getting ready. And John, so are you. The baseball season just around the corner. Not long from now, a couple, two and a half weeks away. And uh, I, I was looking at Jake's numbers and his age. I guess I'm in the senior class because he was a freshman when I started here in 2017. And he is the elder statesman on the team. So I'm glad you get to, you'll get to see him in a new role. Let's start right there, Jake, before we even... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of things we want to talk to you about in more of a free-form format that the podcast allows. But at, at least at this point, the plan is you're going to start Game 2 down in Surprise. What are your thoughts about becoming a starter again? You were telling us off the air that's always kind of been your mentality. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to get to start for this team. Um, you know, that's what I've always done my whole life up until getting here, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, it's always just been, you know, doing what I can to help the team win. And, you know, my first three years here, it was, you know, relieving and closing. Um, and now they want to see me starting, and, you know, I'm excited to take on the challenge. Even though that's what you did before, it's been three years. So what kind of preparation, how, how do you make that change? Uh, I mean, for me, I've just, this whole off season, I've kind of been, you know, gearing myself up, uh, getting ready for that. Um, you know, it just means I got to make sure my body's in shape to throw, you know, 100 pitches at a time now once a week instead of, you know, 30 pitches three times a week, that kind of a thing. Um, it's just for me, it's just going to be big on, you know, getting my body ready and taking my recovery very seriously. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, th I think mentally I'm I'm ready. So 
Jake Mulholland, our guest. Jake, you, you've saved 30 games in your career. You, had you stayed in the bullpen, you would have probably broken Kevin Gunderson's all-time <clears throat> record. But that seems less important to you than the opportunity to have a, a big season as a starter with this team this year. When you said that's what they want you to do, was it a mutually arrived at decision? I mean, have you sort of been anxious yeah. to become a starting pitcher again? Yeah, they they asked me, you know, if I would feel comfortable starting, and I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it was mutual. Um, that was their vision that they had seen for me this year, and um, you know, I'm I'm happy about it, and I'm I'm ready. Mike mentioned that you're one of the elder statesmen on this squad, a handful. Yeah, right. Uh, as far as being through a lot uh, with this team and the, the, the unbelievable numbers from your freshman year with, what, 56 wins and then uh, a national championship and the changeover in coaching the one year with Coach Bales. How are you doing through all of that change? Uh, it's fine. You know, we've we've had a lot of the same people on staff and stuff. So, you know, they've kind of helped us to be prepared for whatever the situation. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm kind of glad because I'm now getting to see three different coaches and I can, you know, take little bits of information of what I think will help me out and what will help other guys out. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have gotten to experience that because I f- just feel like I've learned, you know, three times as much now. Um so, yeah, for me, I, I definitely look at it as a blessing. And you've had, of course, until this year, a pitching coach by the name of Nate Yeski. Now, it's I know Nate's now competing and trying to beat the Beavers, and that's a hard thing for me to get my mind around. I've been close to Nate and have respected him for a long time, and I cannot sit here and never will say, well, now that he's gone, he really wasn't that great of a pitching coach. No. I mean, he... He's very good at his craft, Jake. I'm a, I want to ask you, first of all, just sort of the things you did learn from him, you appreciated learning from him, and then maybe tell us a little bit about the new era with Coach Dorman. Yeah, uh, first off, yeah, Nate was an amazing guy. I love him. Um, I'll always respect him so much, uh, no matter where he's at. And, yeah, he's, he's definitely taught us a ton. Um, you know, not – I mean, he's – for sure, he's taught us about mechanics, you know, trying to throw harder, things like that, but – for, for me, what I've taken most out of him is just that, you know, that fighting mentality and just competing all the time and having a will to win. Um, he did a great job of instilling those kind of, you know, confident themes into us. Um, and I think that that's really that's what helped me, you know, going from a senior in high school to, you know, pitching in the Pac-12. And, you know, you always have those little doubts in your mind of, you know, am I good enough for this? Am I ready? And he did a really good job of getting everyone ready and believing in themselves. He's also kind of like uh, uh, <clears throat> Coach Casey and, and a life coach, a yeah, lot less of great advice. Yeah, I feel like, you know, 20 years down the road, if I'm ever in trouble, if I'm in a bind, I can always call him and, and I can count on him to be there for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bigger than baseball with our coaches. So what about Coach Dorman now, Jake? Yeah. He's uh, He pitched briefly for the Beavers <laughs> one year for Pat back in 99. Yeah. He knows the culture and the territory, but he's new to, to, to you guys to some degree. You've had more time with him than I have. Yeah. What, what, kind, what kind of element, style, personality, craft, and all of that is he bringing to this program? Yeah, uh, Dor's a great guy. He's super personable. He's funny. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's serious, and you can tell he, he wants to win. Well, um, and that's good. You know, that's what the younger guys need to know. Because, you know, coming in, I had someone who put that drive into me, and he's doing the same thing right back. Um, and he's got professional experience, which is something new for me. 
So, you know, I'm getting to learn about how he was coaching, you know, Tylen Walker with the Mariners and uh, pitching next to Felix Hernandez. And I, you know, kind of get to learn more about um, the professional side of things, which is cool. Um, he's, he's big on helping us grow as pitchers and getting us ready for pro ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants us to be able to basically, you know, know what we need to do by what to throw like he wants us to be the ones calling pitches he wants us to be in control he wants us to control the runners and do all that stuff which uh which is unique and i i like it because i feel like i'm i'm learning more and i'm growing he wants you to be calling pitches but do you expect that that'll be the case it's that's going to be you know person by person um some of the younger guys might not want that you know they might want to have a pitch called for them so they don't have to you know think too much and they can just focus on the pitch um for me you know i want to be able to read a guy's swing and see you know where he is in the box and what his swing path is things like that and then i can you know get information on what i'm going to throw and you know how i'm going to attack that hitter so for me i i definitely like it and i i want to be able to do that stuff on my own um you know i i want to be as um independent as I can possibly be, you know, on this team. I don't want to have, you know, too many people worrying about me. Um, But at the same time, if, you know, I'm not sure what to do, I can ask him and he'll be right there to help me. So coming a little go really old school here in the legend of Warren Spahn, a left-hander, 363 wins in the big leagues and his battery mate for most of those years, Del Crandall. This is how they worked. Dell said, I just put my mitt out, and Warren would throw the ball there. I didn't have to call any pitches. I don't know if you and Troy and other catchers are going to be at that level, but you've been around long enough that you feel like you will have a command of, I mean, you can throw a four-pitch mix, and and you expect it to be thinking along those lines about how to set hitters up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the catching aspect because – our catchers are great um, in relationships with the pitchers, and they do a ton of scouting reports, and they're so smart, and they always know what to do. It feels like with our catchers, we're always a step ahead, um, and that's you know a great part on on them um, because they. It just seems like I can throw something, and I'm thinking, you know, this is what I want to throw now, and then boom, that's what I see. And um, you know, it's it's great when you can be on the same page as your catcher because. You know, that instills conviction in your pitch, and it, uh, it really helps, um, you know, when they are on the same page as you and want you to throw the same thing. Um, I just, they're just so smart. Speaking of that and catchers being ready and scouting, yeah. how have things changed? I, I hear that Coach uh, Canham is really into analytics and including new machines that, that spot things with, with players. How has that changed? Uh, we've had um, our like rap soda machines and stuff. We have the uh, the the damn squad. Uh, they do all our analytics and stuff. There's a team of like eight guys that all they really do is help us with analytics, and that stuff's great. Um, we got some new some new cameras and new stuff uh, this year that helps with like shaping pitches and you know tells you all your spin rates and everything. But you know all that stuff really doesn't mean anything if you know you're not making your pitches and you're not doing what you need to do to get better basically um it's just it's just a great tool to have to uh check on your progress and things like that um for me i, I threw i'm throwing a new curveball now 
um, from last year. So I was able to use that camera to kind of help with my tilt, my hand positioning, you know, my spin, all that kind of stuff, um, depth. So yeah, that, that stuff is great, but you know, that's, that's not the end all be all it's, it's just, you know, there to help you out. Um, but that's kind of the last priority that, you know, you need to be worrying about as a pitcher. When you used that, was there a wow moment for you? Or was it more like, okay, yeah, this will help? Or was it like, holy cow, I can do this and I can see it on this, this camera? Yeah, it's just great to see that feedback, you know, because when you're throwing, um, you don't get to really see all of the break and all of the movement of the pitch. And then when you can see it on this kind of a camera and you can see like, oh, this is exactly what it's doing. This is what it looks from the hitter's view. Um, how late the break is, things like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty crazy uh, that the stuff that they have is just yeah it's way way above me so. <laughs> well, Jake how much then I'm intrigued by how much of a blend or a mix Mitch Cannibal I had the honor of calling his games when he played here so I'm the elder statesman I yes go, you are I go way way back yes but you I do call, I called Mitch's games in the national championships and it was he was such a joy and pleasure to be around then as a player and coach Casey called him one of the great <clears throat> leaders he's ever had yeah but he sounds like an intriguing blend of some of this new school stuff, but do you feel like he's got some old school Pat Casey in him too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy who, you know, he, he walks into the room and you naturally just sit up. You know, he's got that kind of a feel to him. Um, he, he uh, yeah, he can bring a crowd and just get their attention in a split second um, listening to him talk. He, he always has some good information for you. Every meeting we have, you know, I feel like I learned something. Um, yeah, I respect him a ton, but at the same time, he's young and he's fun, you know. Um, he, he, he likes to have fun. He likes to turn up the music and, you know, be goofy and joke around. But he, he can flip that switch in a second, and it's, you know, it, it's all business. So. What did you say about a singlet earlier? <clears throat> yeah, just like sometimes he'll, he'll, walk into the, uh, he'll walk into the locker room in a singlet, and he'll just start wrestling some guys and just messing around and, you know, just – one time he brought in a bunch of Nerf guns and started shooting at us, like just stuff like that. You know, he's he's still got that, you know, that childlike spirit in him. Um, but at the same time, he he's so knowledgeable and, you know, so passionate. It's it's inspiring. Jake, what it, the, the thing you talk about, your curveball, maybe shape differently, grip, I yeah. don't know, arm slot on the delivery. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the craft itself. But one of the things that Nate... Coach Yeski said about you when you first got here, you've wanted to absorb. You were always asking questions yeah. and tinkering with grips and all of those things. So tell us just through your education as a pitcher and a ball player here, is it constant adjustments? Are you working on things all the time? Yeah. The curveball is going to be a little different as a result. Any other things that you, you've tinkered with a bit? Yeah, I think there definitely is constant adjustments, or at least I think there should be if you're you know trying to grow. Um, you know, I've I've never had the absolute best curveball, right? So I, for me, I want it to be as good as it can. Um, now that I'm starting to get a little stronger, I feel like I can throw a new one that'll have more, you know, up and down break. Um, I want it to be, you know, noticeably different than my slider, um, so that I can throw that to left lefties and righties, um, things like that. Um, trying to, you know, throw one for a strike and then throw it lower. Trying to, you know, throw it harder and softer at times. Um, things like that, but yeah, I mean, as long as you're, as long as you have an open mind, you know, there's a ton that you're gonna learn here. Um, learning from Yeski, learning from Door now, you know, there's, 
there's no way that you can not grow as long as you're open to it. You know, it's, it, it would be really hard to not develop here. <laughs> Have you worked on it enough and made, and just, are you ready to go with everything? Are you still tinkering? Yeah. Um, I threw one of my first bullpens in front of door and probably early October and I was throwing my curveball and he just kind of came up to me and said, Hey, how do you, how do you hold that? And I, I showed him and he said, here, you know, try this. And, uh, you know, right then I started trying it, you know, missed a couple. It was kind of awkward, kind of weird. And then it kind of started clicking, you know, a little bit, um, started playing catch with it really light all the time. Um, just, you know, trying to work on, you know, how it feels coming out of the hand where I need to, you know, um, extend my arm where I need to release. And, uh, yeah, I feel like now I'm, I'm ready to go with it. You know, it's been, it's been a long time that I've been practicing with it. So, yeah. The great Tom Seaver, had, he, he talks about playing catch in the outfield when he was with the Mets and playing around with grips. And, and one day just playing catch in the outfield during BP or whatever, he yelled out, Eureka, I found it. He found his changeup grip playing catch in the outfield. I mean, you never quite know when, like John said earlier, some aha moments can hit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, you, you've got to be open about it. So, you know, always trying new grips and stuff out. Um, you know, I can always go back to my old curveball if, if something happens, right? Like, I have that locked in. So just trying to develop and, you know, see how I can make every single pitch better, how I can make it move, how, you know, how I want to, you know, approach it with certain hitters. Um, I think that's a huge, huge part of being a student of the game. Speaking of student, what are you studying? What do you want to do? Obviously, you've got <clears throat> baseball a long way in your future, but what about beyond that? Yeah, um, so I'm a communications major um, with a minor in business uh, and marketing. And so for me, um, yeah, I'm on track to graduate this spring. So um, after baseball, I'll, uh, you know, go, go play and do all that. But at some point, I want to get into real estate. Um, I'm, you know, I love selling stuff. I love the human aspect of real estate, you know, um, getting to see developments and stuff. I've got some good friends around here that are into that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've gotten to learn from them. Um, yeah, I'm, I've always just been super interested in that kind of stuff. So that's probably, you know, the route that I'll take after baseball. Hmm. One other thing on the craft, and then we'll kind of close things up, but the velocity part of your game, where, where, where are you now? Can you feel physical changes? I mean, do you feel like fastball command and being able to, to sustain velocity and, and, and sit? Yeah at a higher rate is how important is that to you this year how important is that piece in in your craft yeah that's that's super important it's not so much um top top velocity for me uh for me it's going to be you know throwing in the fifth and sixth inning as hard as I am in the first Mm -hmm. um you know I'm, I'm not worried about trying to throw you know 95 but if I can be you know right around 90 miles an hour and sustain that you know I I'd be very happy um because that, that's something that, you know, relieving and closing, coming in three three games in a row, that third day on Sunday, you're you're feeling a little sore and you're just, you know, I, I got to go with what I got, you know, this day. You, you know, you, you don't have a choice. So for me, yeah, um, hitting the weight room, getting my body right, conditioning, mobility, all that stuff, recovery, has that's been my biggest uh, focal point this offseason. 23 years old, you'll turn in March. So the the veteran guy in the club, I think about an eight-year window, though. You're 15, and you're in Southern California, Corona. 
east of Los Angeles, and all of a sudden you find out Dad says, we're moving to Snohomish, Washington. <laughs> yeah. what, what was that like for a SoCal kid for you to deal with kind of the culture shock that it was in those early early days? Um, yeah, at the time, that was probably one of the worst things that I could have heard. <laughs> I was so mad at my parents. I did not want to go. All my friends and family were in California. I, you know, I thought I was in the best place in the world. Um, but yeah, you know, it kind of, it changed a lot, but you know, sitting here in this room right now, I'm, I'm grateful for it because I got to learn new experiences, meet new people. And, you know, um, I got to realize that, you know, there's a lot more out in this world. Um, had to, you know, meet new friends, had to get outside of my comfort zone, things like that. But yeah, I'm grateful for it. And, you know, I don't know if I'd be sitting here right now if that never happened. So. And it brought, you know, obviously getting into uh, Snohomish and the Pacific Northwest, you became aware of Oregon State. They became aware of you. Tell us a little bit about your, I guess, knowledge and awareness of who the Beavers were after you got to Snohomish. Started, you know, you're in high school. You start getting recruited. But you were you aware of Michael Conforto and Andrew Moore and, and people, Matt Boyd, people like that? Um, I wasn't too aware of that. Um, I do remember actually, you know, still living in California being – I don't know, maybe 10 years old, uh, watching the Beavs win in 2007. And uh, in that moment, I said, that's where I want to go to school. Um, and I was still living in California. And, you know, I told everyone I wanted to go to Oregon State. And they're like, who? Like, what? And, you know, they, they thought I was weird. You know, why don't, why don't you want to go to these schools in SoCal or Arizona, stuff like that? But I was like, no, you know, I, I want to go to Oregon State. And so, you know eight years down the road in high school, you know, I got that opportunity and I, it was a no brainer for me. So. Excellent. We're glad that, glad that you have Jake. We're going to turn you loose on that note, but last thing, and that is for all of us, you know, we're going to start, the season's going to start. Fans are going to attend the games in huge numbers in surprise in San Diego and at Goss stadium. But we're all sort of on the outside waiting for this new era to begin how excited are you about what's ahead? You're, you're going to get one year of Mitch and his approach mm -hmm. and so on, but what, do, what are your thoughts after John sort of asked you, you've been through a lot here. What are your thoughts now about kind of the beginnings of this new era and what Mitch is going to bring and what Beaver baseball is going to be like this year and going forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this season. Um, Mitch has just a special way of inspiring people and motivating them. Um, and, you know, he, he gets us all to play for one another and to play for ourselves. Um, he, yeah, it's, it's just something special that he has. Um, it's kind of unexplainable, but at the same time, he knows so much about the game. And um, I, I think Mitch has a chance to be one of the best baseball coaches ever. I mean, you, you saw what he did uh, with the Mariners mm -hmm. double-A team. You know, they, they were winning their, their league as well. Like, he, wherever he goes, he wins, right? That's, that's just w what he does. Um, all the way back from him in high school they were winning you know like where, wherever he goes the wins go so um I, I think it's a, a no-brainer to say that you know this this team's in in good hands for a long time coming well jake we're really excited to watch you go out and uh, you've been a three-time all-american he and michael conforto the only three-time all-americans you got that's a right. chance for a fourth as a starter this year i know that's less important to you than winning the Pac-12 title and, and getting back into the postseason and making a deep run. But whatever the case, Jake, thank you for uh, all you've done here at Oregon State. It's been a pleasure to watch your career, and we look forward to a big new year. Thanks for taking time for us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
You bet. Jake Mulholland joining us on this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Lacrosse Boots, done right since 1897. And, of course, by Visit Corvallis. Experience Beaver Game Day fun live in Corvallis. Extend your stay and take in all the Willamette Valley has to offer. Visit Corvallis. Come for the game. Stay to play. Thanks to Jake Mulholland for joining us. We'll do it again next week on another edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. So long, everybody. This has been the Beaver Sports Podcast, brought to you by Hum Kombucha. It's feel-good, taste-good kombucha, packed with probiotics and boosted with B12 vitamins, brewed in Bend, Oregon for Beaver Nation. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Beaver Sports Network.